Well, we go to our, back to our theme of suffering, how to know God. And one real good theme or good way to know God is through suffering. Don't go looking for it. <laughs> It'll come in, in waves, not all at once. Praise the Lord. He, he, he governs it as it comes. And we got partway through this message some weeks ago. And we'll pick up from where we left off. We covered the first four points. And if you have an order of service, you have the outline there. Well, not the complete outline. You have to fill in the blanks. But the purpose of suffering. Suffering teaches us patience was the first point we looked at. And the second point was suffering tests our faith. First Peter 1, 7. To see if it's genuine. <laughs> Many people went and walked back no walked no more with the Lord when he put the hard word on them for sacrificial service. Thirdly, we looked at suffering trains for service. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8, he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. And we used Joseph as an illustration there. And fourthly, we looked at suffering testifies to others. And in Hebrews, it tells us that the Hebrew Christians were made a gazing stock. And that's not a word we use today, but people were looking on at how they responded to the troubles they went through. And those Hebrew, those Jewish Christians in the early church went through enormous suffering to the point that they were expelled from Jerusalem, expelled from their jobs, just flung out, with, and, and people weren't paying them to leave. They had to go without with the things they could carry on their back, like we see refuge, refugees today just fleeing. And so the Jewish Christians. And God in his mercy allowed that to happen because at 70, in 70 AD, Jerusalem was totally destroyed by the Roman uh, general Titus. And they say there was no Christians left in Jerusalem when that happened. And so they, their life was spared and that they'd already fled before the destruction that came. And... <clears throat> We move forward in our next point this morning to point five in that outline in the order of service. Sufferers triumph through Christ. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that it teaches us the way of life. Lord, we do thank you for tribulations and testings and trials. We know that we don't necessarily enjoy them but they are necessary for our growth for other people looking on to conform us to what you want us to be in our lives and lord i pray that we would respond correctly to the troubles that come and we all will go through troubles because your word tells us they that will live godly in christ jesus shall suffer persecution and as the sparks fly upward so troubles come to our life i pray lord that we'd handle them correctly thank you for each one that has attended today may a blessing be ours as we unite around your word we do pray for matthew and ariel lord a blessing on them safety as they travel and that they might have a blessed time together and that their life might be fruitful and bring glory to your name. 
bless all those too, uh, give safety to those that are travelling back to their homes, uh, to different places and states. We ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> okay, suffering triumphs through Christ. Second Timothy chapter two and verse twelve. If we could turn to that portion, Second Timothy two and twelve. <clears throat> there is triumph at the end. <laughs> It might be the end of life, but it might be the end of a trial that we have in our lives. And we read there, If we suffer, we, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. So it tells us here that we will triumph in Christ, doesn't it? If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. That's the promise of God's word. So sufferers triumph through Christ. Christ suffered for us on the cross as he paid the penalty for our sins. And he was victorious, was he not? He didn't remain on the cross or in the grave. He rose triumphantly. In Hebrews 9 and 28, we read, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. So it tells us here that he triumphed. We will also triumph in him as we look for him. He will appear the second time without sin unto salvation. It will be the redemption of our body. It will be the changing from being mortal to immortal. We'll have a body that's eternal at that time. Those that believe on the Lord Jesus, they will triumph. Sufferers triumph. Can you imagine being a martyr for the Lord? You think of church history and you think of those folk that went through martyrdom, particularly those that were burnt at the stake. Thousands and thousands of people have been burnt at the stake, usually by religious people, not Christian, religious people. And the, the, the troubles they went through, the, the, the torment of the thought of the day coming when they would be put on the stake. They're not denying the Lord Jesus Christ when they are given opportunity to escape the flames by denying the Lord Jesus Christ and recanting from what they believed. But they stood firm. Would we stand firm in a, tri a trial like that? Well, they knew. <laughs> when they passed from this life into the next, on that stake or at that guillotine, and folks, it's not finished yet. In the Bible, it's coming again, that sort of suffering. You read the last book of the Bible and the things that people will go through. But they could see and envisage the promises of God. They knew that this, this that they were going through was not the end. Sufferers triumph through Christ. But if you were dying without a cause, without a purpose, without the Lord Jesus... They would be terrible. There's no hope. Political dissenters or whoever they might have been who also suffered, that would be a hopeless end, wouldn't it? But praise God, we have a triumph in the Lord Jesus Christ. Christians that suffer may be confident that Christ shall reward them with the crown of life 
and they shall reign with him. In Romans 8, verse 17 to 18, it reads, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, we may be also glorified together. (laughs) For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory, it says, that shall be revealed in us. We'll have to get there to realise it. (laughs) But when we get there, we'll say, no, that was nothing. I went through very little. In Australia, do we go through suffering? I mean, really? Do we suffer for Christ? No. You know, you get a phone call from a person that's irate because we put a letter, a a, a tract in their letterbox. That's not suffering. (laughs) In in countries around the world, they are suffering more. You know, we, we, we read historical accounts. We read Fox's Book of Martyrs that tells us about people that went through these terrible times. And we say, how terrible a time to live in. Today is worse. We just don't hear about it, even with all the media we have. Over in China and Russia and North Korea, Christians are suffering. They, and, and, and where they are suffering, you know what's happening to the church? It's growing. It's blossoming. Where in the Western countries where we've got it so easy, the church is Sliding away, compromising. It's said that there are 70 million Christians in China. That's getting close to 10%. It's not like that in the West. There's less of us in the West. But they are suffering and they are reaching out with the gospel. And people are getting saved. Family members, house churches, underground churches. Praise God for those that are going through that. And the sufferings that they suffer here, I reckon, as Paul said, the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will come. What are some of the biblical, practical ways of handling the trials of life? Well, we can recall verses. Verses that can bring comfort to us. If you you read Ridley's book... That's really what it's about. There's a verse for each chapter and uh, how he was encouraged and a a milestone of mercy he found in the scriptures to to meet his present need, whether it be on the battlefield in the First World War or the Second World War uh, or whether it be out in the west of New South Wales where he ministered there and uh, went round from station to station preaching the word and uh, his bouts of depression that he had, shell shock from the First World War, All of them come back to being strengthened from the scripture. Listen to some of the verses we could recall to be encouraged by. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Who said that? The Lord Jesus said that. No man is able to pluck them out of my hand. Who said that? The Lord Jesus. Paul said this, What shall separate us from the love of Christ, which is in Christ Jesus, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit? Paul again said in the same chapter 8 of Romans, If God be for us, who can be? (laughs) God's a majority, but God in you is still a majority. (laughs) If God be for us, who can be against us? That's true, isn't it? Very true, if you know who God is. 
In 2 Corinthians 1 verse 4, it says, Who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may comfort others who are in any trouble. He comforteth us in all our tribulation. And in the miles of mercy, <coughs> milestones of mercy, there often the verse that came to light is the milestone of mercy and it stood out to him glaringly. And so it should in our Christian life when there's trouble, God will meet that with a verse from Scripture that we can be encouraged by. <clears throat> and another verse. To encourage us in our troubles, God will, with the temptation, provide a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. That you may go through that suffering, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Think of and recall the heroes of the faith in Hebrews chapter 11 and the things that they went through. Yes, there's a way to respond to troubles that come. Recall the verses of comfort and encouragement. Ask the Lord for help. Go to him in prayer. Talk to a close, respected Christian friend that knows the word of God that they might be able to encourage and comfort you. Give the trial over to the Lord and leave it with him and he knows when the end will be. And we must endure with patience the trials just, just as Job did, just as Joseph did and other mighty men of the Old Testament. What about having a song in your heart unto the Lord? When troubles come, I think I don't think it just happens to me, but a song will pop up. You don't know. You didn't think it. It just came there and it goes over and over in your mind and you can't get rid of the, the tune. It'd be a chorus or something and you'd be working away. and ah, There it is again. <laughs> and it, it keeps coming. So you, we've got many in the scripture we can think of and sing. What, what does it say in the book of Ephesians chapter five? Make it. Joyful noise? No, sing and make a melody in your hearts unto the Lord. Um, the, the song, Does Jesus Care? Does Jesus Care? And there's four, five verses to that. Walking through the flames with who? The Son of God, as the three Hebrews were cast into the fiery furnace. Walking through the flames, and who was with them? The Son of God. Who was the fourth? The Son of God, the Lord Jesus. He is with us in the flames. God's refining fire. There's another song. Maybe you don't know all these. Some of them are in the, the chorus book. How can I fear is another one. Jesus is near. And 353 in our hymn book. We sung that last Sunday, I believe. Leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. And so these songs are, are, are things that, or so, <laughs> tunes that we can sing and remember and be encouraged. The biblical and practical way to handle the trials of life. How can we cast our burden on the Lord? Well, maybe we need to write a prayer and remind ourselves that we've prayed this. And then in time when that, that prayer is answered, the burden is lifted, we can tick that off. The Lord heard and answered my prayer. Cast or throw upon. Make a conscious effort, an act of the will in faith to deposit with the Lord all our care. Pa present, past and potentially future anxieties need to be left with the Lord. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. And this puts it better than I can. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25. 
The Lord is encouraging us. To do this. I say unto you. Take no thought of your life. What you shall eat or what you shall drink. Nor yet for your body. What you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat. And the body than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air. They sow not neither do they reap. Nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? You ever looked at a bird and thought, wow, it'd be good to fly. <laughs> it'd be good to just get, get up and breakfast is laid out on the lawn for you, you know. <laughs> Worms and bugs and grubs. <laughs> and then just sit in the, in the, in the, <laughs> perch in the tree and sing. <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to be a bird because they die and that's the end of them. <laughs> Rather be a human being that has a soul and a spirit that is eternal. But are we not much better than they? Our Father is concerned. If he feeds them, he's going to feed us. He's going to meet our needs. Don't worry. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his statue? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or with what shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, and it's a reference to unsaved people, of course, there. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things that he's just talked about shall be added unto you. Be therefore not anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for the things of itself sufficient unto the day of its own evil. Don't take on tomorrow's problems today, he said in that last verse. It's sufficient. There will be a sufficient problems there. Don't worry about them. Take care of ones today. And... Trust in the Lord that he will meet the need. Does he not? He cares for us. And so <clears throat> sufferers will triumph through Christ if we respond correctly to the troubles that come. The next one that we see, the sixth one, sufferers, suffering sorry, toughens our resolve. Let's go to the book of Hebrews that we had our reading from this morning. Suffering toughens our resolve in verses 1 to 8 that was read there we see the Lord Jesus and we hear about the ones of chapter 11 all the witnesses the the faithful saints of the Old Testament and let us lay aside the weight that sin that does so easily beset us as have you been beset by the sin in your life this week and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And consider him that you endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Read the Gospels and get the accounts of him 
enduring the contradiction of sinners against himself. When he was the very, very and eternal son of God, the creator of the universe, and then people responded to him as they did. And slowly but surely through his ministry, it wasn't that he gained popularity, he became less popular because the religious people made sure of that. And he was contradicted. If thou be the son of God, do this. If thou be the son, do that. And when, and when there were many followers, when he was feeding them, of course, he always drew, drew, drew a crowd with a, a good feed, and he fed them 4,000, 5,000 at once. He drew a crowd and they followed him. But then when he put the hard word on them about suffering for his service and sacrificing for him, then went and many went back and followed him no more. And don't be wearied. And if you're tempted to be wearied and faint in your minds, consider him. Consider who he was. Consider what he went through. And it will toughen you for service and your resolve to stay faithful to him. As we read on, ye have not yet resisted, in verse 4, unto blood. In other words, you haven't shed blood striving against sin. Jesus did. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you and unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. So easy to throw it in, throw in the towel. No, be toughened in your resolve to follow him. Don't faint. Fainting fits. I I remember a sermon, Spurgeon did a, a sermon on fainting fits of people. How many fainting fits have you had? Maybe you've never fainted in your life physically, but you've fainted spiritually. I give up. I quit. This is what it's going to be like. I didn't expect this. I'm going back to my old ways and the old days. No, no, don't do it. Don't faint when you're rebuked. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. His, his uh, <laughs> discipline of children is in the scriptures. Read it in the book of Proverbs. It's everywhere in the book of Proverbs. But here, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, he scourges every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? We are all disciplined. And it goes on a little bit further that we're disciplined by our earthly fathers. We are disciplined by our heavenly father when we become Christians. But if ye be without chastisement, of which all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. And we have the fathers who corrected us in verse 9. So it toughens us. It makes us what we should be. Suffering toughens our resolve to stay true to him. And uh, I can't help it, but this is my... (laughs) If you get a tree on the top of a hill where the wind comes from any direction and every direction at different times, that's a tough tree. (laughs) It's put its roots down. In fact, it it deliberately puts its roots down to stand against the buffeting it it receives. But if you get a tree in a forest, in the bush, I should say, (laughs) it's it's a pushover. 
I've been there and pushed them over, don't worry. <laughs> but on top of the hill, you have to rip around them, you have to dig around them, and sometimes you dig as deep as this building around the tree to break all the roots to get it to go over. Because it's don't put its roots down. What sort of Christian are you? Got your roots down in the Lord Jesus? <laughs> I pray that you have. That the winds of suffering and temptation and trials as they come ah, might rock the top. But your roots are in the word of God, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can take the buffeting and you're toughened for service and for surrender and for sacrifice in the Lord's work. <clears throat> when little children are disciplined, verse 9, in the home, say they're disciplined by dad. What often do they do? They'll run to mum. <laughs> with teary eyes and trying to get sympathy. And if, you, if mum's wise, she'll say, what did dad say? What did dad do? Why did he do it? What did you do wrong? <laughs> you know, let's not go whimpering all the time if we're disciplined as Christians. Let's not like cry, I'm the only one that's going through it. Because we all do. We all are partakers of this. Let's toughen up. Have you said that to your children? Toughen up. You know, come out from school, the teacher did this to me. <laughs> Toughen up. <laughs> or whatever. We need that as Christians too in the school of life. <laughs> Toughen up. Stand alone. This is a song we sing on that front, isn't there? Standing alone. Suffering. Last, well, not lastly, there's another one. <laughs> Suffering is a tool for our benefit. As we read on, well, we start in verse 10, for they verily, for a few days, our parents chastened us or disciplined us after their own pleasure. But he, God, for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. There's a purpose in suffering for our profit. It's beneficial to us to go through these trials. Now, no chastening for the present seems to be joyous. Of course you don't. You know, we, we, we've been told to give hilariously in the offering, you know. <laughs> Great, I can give that. But to take chastening hilariously or joyously, we're told to do, but it's hard to do, isn't it? But grievous, it's grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruits of righteousness unto them who are exercised by it. And um, <clears throat> where I'm in Ridley's book, the evangelist book, his testimony there, he's been through two bouts of suffering, depression, six years and two years in his time, and he's only in his mid-40s by then. And it was from the shell shock and getting shot in the First World War that these, these come from. But he toughened up for service, and many times, I'll quit. <laughs> I'll quit. But then the Lord gave him a milestone of mercy, another verse, another scripture to keep on going. And, uh, then, and, and he served. I was reading of one actually today where he was on a hospital ship in the Second World War as a padre. And he was, <clears throat> he was instructed by the unsaved people running it that they were going to have a sing time on top of the on, on deck secular songs and he said 
No, I'm not participating. The other padre said, yes, we will. And so he had a little service of his own and only a couple of people have attended it. And he thought, this is not good. <laughs> and uh, people were putting him down for taking a stand. But eventually before the ship docked, there was hardly any people singing the secular songs. They were all down singing the hymns with him and they, had to get, they gave him a small room to start with and then enlarged and enlarged. And he said, he stuck at it. Shouldn't we stick at it through the trials when we're tested? And uh, many souls were saved, soldiers who were being taken care of on the hospital ship through that testimony. But <clears throat> they, for a few days, chastened us. He for our prophet, that we might be partakers of his holiness. It draws us closer to be more like the Lord Jesus Christ as we suffer. Now, no chastening for the present seems to be, but it is. Lift up the hands that hang down. And so, for our prophet, that we might be partakers of his holiness, for the fruits of righteousness in verse 11. In verse 11 there, it says that we are exercised by it. What does it mean to be exercised by something like discipline, like chastisement? It means you learn the lesson for which the discipline has been brought. What sort of, how does a child react who is not exercised by the discipline of his parents? What does he do? He does it again. And he, he does it. He does the wrong thing again and again and again. But when he finally is exercised by it, he stops doing what's wrong. You see, this is what God is about. He keeps doing what he needs to do in our lives and bringing the circumstances to bear so that we are exercised by it. We learn what he's trying to teach us. The last one there is suffering turns us to God. There's the illustration that we've already used of Job. There's the illustration of Joseph. There's the illustration of Daniel's friends we've referred to this morning. There's the illustration of an unsaved king who was the head of gold of Daniel's image, the, of the empire of Babylon. Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar, who, who had had plenty of um, illustrations of and, and, and testimonies from the Hebrew people that he needed to trust in that God. But he said, I have built Babylon. And then he went out like an ox and ate grass for seven years. God brought it upon him until he looked up to heaven. And that suffering in his life brought him to God, to the Lord Jesus. And even in our lives and other unsaved people's lives, non-Christians' lives, the troubles of life can either drive them against God or drive them toward God. And they believe. And I think testimonies even of yourselves today would bear that up, that often it was the troubles of life that drew you to the Lord. Um, and the Lord himself went through that. I'm not spending much time on that because we want to get to that little chart and just finish off with this. If you've got your bulletin there, <clears throat> how are you handling the trials of life. And this is taken from the verses we're in here in Hebrews chapter 12. Are you fighting and frustrated? As verse 15 says, looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God. You don't let it be exercised in your life. Lest any root of 
bitterness bringing up trouble you and by it many be defiled fighting and frustrated seething and souring against the Lord and against the things that have been allowed to come in your life vexed and vindictive against those whom the Lord has used to bring those trials in your life you're listening to a somebody that has had to go through you say oh the preacher's life is you know he's 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 in a little a cloister or whatever you like to say in a study and doesn't go through things that's right no no i'm human too that's why the lord allowed humans to be preachers and not angels because they wouldn't have experienced that (laughs) and so i go through it you go through it the different trials and hopefully i can speak from experience as old as I am, (laughs) that we can react this way, and we probably did. And when our fathers disciplined us, we probably reacted this way. How dare you hit me? (laughs) That hurt. Well, (laughs) it was meant to. To bring us to repentance, to bring us to him. And we can get bitter and bad about it all. Or the middle row there, We can faint and become fearful in verses 12 and 13. Wherefore, lift up the hands that hang down and the feeble knees. Make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. Let it rather be healed. You know, you you look at the fellow there, he's all hung down, he's disappointed. You can can tell when a person is not themselves. It's on their countenance, it shows, doesn't it? Fainting and fearful, succumbing and sulking vanquished and vacillating up and down good one day bound down the other or you can do what the last row is let's go to romans before we go there to the middle aisle the middle section to romans chapter 12 and verse 21 where it says romans 12:21 b yeah <laughs> Be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Feeling down, feeling faint, feeling fearful, succumbing, then overcome evil with good. Stop thinking about this situation in your life. Go minister to somebody else. And even unsaved worldly psychologists say that's one of the best ways to overcome the problem. Go help somebody else. And it's surprising how quick your problem that seemed overcoming in your life disappears. Well, we go back to Hebrews 12 and look at the last row, the last aisle there, the last list, faithful, faithfully following the Lord. And Hebrews 12 and verse 11, as we've already read that one, no chastening for the Present time seems to be joyous but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yields, yieldeth the peaceable fruits of righteousness to those that are exercised by it, to those that let it take its way in your life. Be subject to the Father of lights and live. Be faithful to the Lord. We can surrender to him. We can go on our way as we talked earlier about singing Using scripture to encourage ourselves in the, in the word and subjecting ourselves to his will. Victorious, valiant, virtuous and vibrant. They're just words I thought up as I was thinking through this different list. 
Romans chapter 8 and verse 35. Back to Romans again. Romans 8 and verse 35. What? No, sorry. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? No, it shouldn't. Unless we're responding correctly. Or distress? Or persecution? Or famine? Or nakedness? Or peril? Or sword? Who wrote this? Paul, you read, we read one list last week about the things he went through. Shipwreck, beaten 40 times, thrice over, almost to the point of death, stoned, stoned at Lystra, and they thought he was dead. And he, he well, I believe he was, well, yes, Romans, he did write this. For thy sake, he said, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, Paul said, what, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us if we respond correctly don't become sour don't succumb but surrender to the lord and he said i'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of god which is in christ jesus our lord hey we're victorious <laughs> that's the conclusion of the matter isn't it <clears throat> and as we said a few weeks ago if you want to learn patience read what roman romans 5 tells you it says in verse 2, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost who was given unto us. So if you want to learn patience, pray for tribulation. <laughs> that's a dangerous thing to do, but if, if that's what you want, then you say, Lord, bring that on that I might become more like you. Bring that on that I might be humbled servant of God and more useful than I would have been if I went on in my own strength. Patience, experience, and experience hope. You know, the people that have troubles in their life are the people that have the the brightest and best hope before them. They see the promise of God. They are made real to them. They've got something to hope for, whereas in people that have got everything in this life, hope for nothing. They've got it. But if you hope for things which you have not seen, then you do with patience, as the Scriptures say, wait for these to come. Hey, folks, soldier on. When the troubles come, stick at it. Respond correctly. Don't become bitter, become, what's the word? Better, better. And uh, hey, we're all children of God if we're saved, and we all shall go through the mill. We shall go through these things to make us more like the Lord Jesus. Pray to God that you respond correctly. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the encouragement it gives us. That we have a wonderful hope, a glorious future, heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And some of us are closer there than others, but we all can have that same hope. 
And Lord, as the troubles and tribulations and testings of life come and the chastisement, may we not respond the wrong way. May we not become bitter and get upset and angry at God. But may we in turn thank him that these things draw us closer to him and to be more like him as he, our Saviour, went through these things, tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. And may we, we be encouraged to be people of the book that can be a blessing to other people as we can comfort them with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted of God. Lord, bless each one of us as we go our way, those that are listening in on the internet. Lord, bless and minister to them as well. May they rejoice in what you're doing in their lives. For we pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen.